0: Coach and a therapist walked out of the bar looking to stir up some trouble. Even though life in the bar was fun, they thought life outside the bar would be even better. Together, they created some sober nonsense. Hi friends. Thanks for joining us today. It's Teresa and Melissa. This is our fourth episode of Sober Nonsense. Um, But before we get started, we wanted to remind you of a few things. When we're speaking of sober, it's not necessarily about abstinence or alcohol, but instead a mindset to live fully and expansively from a place of intention and, and empowerment instead of those shoulds and fear.
1: And Nonsense invites an openness and fun vibe while addressing an age-old problem minus the seriousness and rigidity, Rigidity, see what I'm doing there, typically Mm -hmm. in sober communities and conversations. So welcome to Sober Nonsense. No question is ever off the table, and we are here to share it all. Let's get started.
0: Awesome. How are you today, Teresa?
1: I am really good, minus the whole what do we call that? Snafu. The snafu of recording today. So this is a different, we're using a different platform today because somehow, for some reason, for all the mystical reasons in the world, we could not record on our typical platform today. So we have moved over to Zoom. So forgive our mess. We are finding our way through this.
0: I love it. And I love you, Teresa, for saying we are moving forward on a different platform. We're just going to do it as scheduled. Um, Instead of being focused on having things be perfect or sound perfect, we just found another way to get where we needed to go. So thanks to the listeners for offering us some grace um, and even humor as we um, just navigate our way through this. So we're not pros at this. We are certainly not experts, but we're doing it anyways.
1: Uh, Yeah. And we are doing this, and we are here's what I want you to know, listener, is our intention is to be of service. We really want to take what we've learned and experienced and still learning and share it with you so maybe you can have less struggle and strife along your sober journey, whatever that looks like to you. I
0: love it. And it's not like we're here to sell anything, promote anything. We're just here to kind of offer up our experience, our stories. Um, and, and support really for those people out there who are navigating this maybe untraditional path towards, um, what life looks like, right. What a fully intentional life looks like when it means to kind of live your truth. So that being said, tell us about today's topic.
1: So today we're going to chat about spirituality, and this is something that's near and dear to me. And what something that I wrote down was that spirituality as in as personal as sobriety should be. Sobriety shouldn't be a one size fits all experience or process. It's something that's very personal and very independent of you. And you might remember the conversation we had about autonomy a few weeks ago. And so with spirituality, I am as much an explorer and rebel as I was with sobriety, so my heart belongs to Jesus. I love the teachings of Jesus. I love what what he stands for, what he died for, what uh, you, you know, his teachings of how we're supposed to move in this world. And I think it gets messy and it gets ugly with indoctrination and dogma. And it limits us from having, the true experience of spirituality. And that's where we feel connected and we feel safe and we feel calm and we feel empowered to make choices that are good for us and not to be of the world as they teach us in, in the word. But, um, so if
0: I can well, just pause you right there, what, what is spirituality? Like, what does that mean to you? If you were to even so define what
1: spirituality, it, there's a, there's a good, really good question, by the way. There's a quote that's something along the lines of we are not human, we are not, we're not humans having a spiritual experience, we are spirits having a human experience or something to that degree. And I truly feel as though we are not, we're in this meat suit, right? We're having this experience. The but meat suit what, term, I love it. <laughs> but there's this other, there's this part of us that will that transcends time that it's the spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are God. We are of God. God is in us. We are part of the creation, the universe. So when we lose connection to ourselves, to our spirit is when we feel that rub, that dissonance, that disconnect. And if you'll remember, you read Holy Sober and I have a whole chapter on disconnect, disconnection. And that's when I Disconnected from God, which then ultimately disconnected me from other people. I wasn't able to connect with other people, have that empathy, have that love. I didn't feel safe. I didn't trust. And that disconnection from myself, which was the spirit within me. So it's it's really spirituality is making that connection to self or to spirit within you, to self and allowing it to be with one and everything else.
0: And, so. and I and I agree with you, Teresa. Um, it, often what I see, and I think there's a, a big misconception out there is that spirituality has to mean I'm a religious in some way. And yeah. to really look at religion as being a, a type of institution. I hate that word. It sounds so clinical, but it really, you know, I think, unf- well, um, I, I'll try to keep my personal opinion on some of this, but, or my personal beliefs, but I think religion has become institutionalized. And that's where I see, a lot of the um, life force getting taken out of it, as in, this is what you should believe. This is what we do to be a good Christian, quote unquote, or to be a good pract- practitioner of this religion. It's almost as if someone someone is teaching you how to connect to God. And what I believe, and I think it's similar to you, is that um, that connection to Source or God or the universe is a one-on-one experience, right? That you can be fully connected to spirit, to God on your own without needing to go to um, a church or institution. Now, some people go because it becomes easier to connect in that community and that's great, but what I hear you saying too is that it can just be this divine connection one-on-one. You don't have to wait to go to church. You don't have to wait till Sunday to do it.
1: No, I think it's interesting that you said that because I wrote this note down right when I was waiting for you to log on one of the many times this morning. (laughs) But I wrote it down a memory or it's a reoccurrence, actually, that if I would be out in the world and I'd be talking to somebody and it'd come up and I'd say, yeah, I'm Christian. um, Then they would say, oh, what church do you go to? And I would say, I don't go to church. And then all of a sudden it's, oh.
0: How is that possible? How can you be going
1: to church? I I can't be a good Christian if I don't go to church. And it's like I never felt connected to God in church. I never felt my spirit never felt connected to God in church. I feel more connected to God when I'm out in nature. I feel more connected to God when I'm in crisis. So like when my mom died, when the day that I found out that my mother died, I remember I was walking Maggie on the trail and my sister called and she was crying and she said, mom's gone. And I remember everything just kind of like a vacuum and centered me. And it's like, be still, know that I'm here, you know, that, and he just held me and this is my experience. And so that's when I feel connected to God. I have I don't need any doctrine. I don't need anybody to tell me how to connect to my creator. Right. And so I think that very few of us are brave enough to do that, have the courage to say, I don't need a checkoff list to be a good Christian, to be a good Wiccan, to be a good Jew, to be a good Mormon, to be a good. I think that when it's all said and done, we just need to be centered and be anchored in love and love is the ultimate religion.
0: Amen to that. I It's interesting because I am a hundred percent on board with what you're saying. I've had a, a, a similar but different experience. Here we go again, like how we're different, but similar because I um, have always been a seeker. And uh, when I started seeking, I was raised Christian in, in the Methodist church and Um, kind of saw some limitations to that as I got older. So had to, for a while, I kind of denounced Christianity. I'm not Christian. I'm not Christian, you know, kind of went off and saw what else is out there. And um, I've experimented a lot with just reading um, texts on Buddhism and Hinduism, um, sorts of different things. And I've really kind of created my own understanding of what connects me to the world Um, and the more I've kind of left Christianity the more tenants I I, um, really use in Christianity too so it's like I use it as a backbone but yet I don't necessarily define myself as Christian but I wouldn't say I'm not Christian either it's like, right. I'm a little bit of everything and that helps support me on my path, but without having that freedom to go explore on my own, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have this solid foundation that I have this, um, almost like, a really confidence in what yeah. I'm here for, what my purpose is.
1: Such a good point. And, and if you remember in the, in Holy Silver, where I talk about how I was raised, in my aunt's Christian church and how it created such ugly for me, the hypocrisy and the hate that I would feel in those rooms and that they would tell me, you know, everything that I was doing, the the sex abuse that I had experienced, which made me find connection to my body and the pleasures of my body early. So I started having sex around 12 and I'm not, saying that's okay I'm not saying that's good I'm saying that I'm okay to talk about it but what I was hearing in the church was that I would never be good enough for God Mm -hmm. and so that's when I made that decision to disconnect there was one time and, and I never reconnected with God until I was about 35 and it was after I got sober after I stopped drinking and but when I was dying with my youngest son, I it was an awful, my placenta erupted, I was hemorrhaging, and blood was all over the place and everything, and they were losing us both. But I felt safe, and I felt like I was in God's arms. I didn't speak it. I wouldn't have had the words to say it, but I remember the peacefulness that I felt. And that is the center for everything for me now, uh, when I did get consciously sober and stopped drinking and made a reconnection and reconnected with Jesus was that peace is my guide for everything now. And mm. love is my signal that everything is okay.
0: I love that. Wow. So, yeah. so it's like it's like the trauma that you went through really forced you, and I, I see this pattern a lot and and I get it that force you often we get disconnected from spirit after, some sort of trauma or experience. And then we seek, seek, seek. And if we stick to that seeking, sometimes we'll find our way back, but it's a different path than what we were on before. Um, If I can share too, I I think a lot of my um, existential crisis came from being a childhood cancer survivor. So Mm. I was diagnosed with cancer at age 12 um, and luckily had a good type of leukemia, went through the treatment, You know, it was pretty successful treatment or it was successful but along the path, I had many friends who died. So, um, these were just kids and maybe fucking pissed of like, what kind of God would do this? And mm-hmm. so that was a, 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 chip on my shoulder, right. A, a, um, that I carried with me for a good 15 years, 20 years to post my recovery from, from cancer. Um, and thank God for my spiritual seeking, because finally I found some relief, um, some safety, some peace in this. So now I don't harbor that anger anymore. In fact, I celebrate the lives of all my friends who have passed. I'm grateful for them, I'm grateful for their spirits, and I know, you know, they're around. So I have confidence now in the ability to love them, love that experience, instead of sitting with so much pain and suffering, so much anger at God. I don't feel that way anymore.
1: No, thank goodness. Right. Because I think when we're in that space of spirituality, when we're truly connected to spirit, we don't feel that animosity. We don't feel that sadness. We feel an appreciation. And most of all, we feel that love and that peace and that acceptance, right. And that gratitude. Wow.
0: It's interesting that, you know, this is the first time that's coming up too, as I'm hearing it at age 12, you're already having sex, Age twelve, I was going through cancer. It's interesting; we're kind of in different but similar journeys.
1: That seems to be our that seems to be our our, our thing. We, we wow! And
0: for the listener, we don't know this about each other. It's like we're learning so much about each other too. It's fun, and look at us smiling as if we're laughing about this. We're like, ha ha! Um, no, it's oh my not gosh, funny.
1: But look at you know, I don't. You know, there's people that'll say, and I've actually been. uh, chastised maybe the word that uh when i was teaching a class interesting enough it was called sober curious and it was before sober curious became a thing um was a brand i think it, there's a brand out there sober curious and um i was talking about how i wouldn't change anything to be because i love the woman that i've become and i mean that to, with all of me. And this, and, and when you read Holy Sober, you see that I went through some pretty horrific things. I witnessed things as a child you should never see, but that all shaped the person who I've become that I have this level of compassion um, specifically for women, but for all beings, but for women. Um, especially mothers who are trying so hard to get it right. And they always, always fall short in their minds. And my mother was not perfect, but oh my gosh, I couldn't love her anymore. Right. I just could not love and appreciate that woman anymore. And there was a woman that could not relate to that. She could not grasp that because she needed the anger for her mother. And she needed me to be angry with my mother. And it's like, I will never have that anger for my mom. My mom did everything. Do you think she ever woke up and intentionally wanted to to expose us to the horrors that we saw, that we experienced? My mother would have never chose that in her right mind, but she was so drunk with fear not even just the alcohol, but with fear was so present every day. And she did not have the, the, she didn't have the wherewithal to check for spirituality, to, to find a place of peace without the alcohol. She didn't have the ability to resource that. And so that's one of the reasons why I love that we are doing the show that we are offering our experiences to people's So if you don't have that inclination to go out and resource for spirituality, to find and seek peace and love and calm and gratitude, that this is the first step for you, or this is an opportunity for you to open the door, because I would give anything to have been in the back there in that time with my mother. So that, so all those experiences that I was exposed to gave me this enormous heart to serve other women in that capacity.
0: Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So tell us, or I guess I'll ask you what, if, if people are feeling disconnected from spirit, which happens to all of us. And by the way, I do believe we're always connected, even when we feel Mm -hmm. disconnected. Um, what, what are some ways that, that people can explore connection to spirit? Do you have any tools or suggestions
1: I have so many tools. My biggest thing is, like I said, nature. Running used to be a big one for me. And I don't know what it was about the foot to concrete or foot to ground con- or, and just being with my body and celebrating that my body could move. But that always made a real strong connection to spirit. Whenever I would go through something awful, I would just put on my running shoes and go run. And it That's would always me. help me clear my mind. And I think we need to think about spirituality as what is your intention behind your spiritual practice? Because if your intention is to think everything's all hunky-dory and good, (laughs) chances are life's never going to give you that all the time. Like toxic positivity
0: you're talking about.
1: Yeah, but you can find peace. You can find peace through the storms and weather the storms with without having all the hype and anger and excite anxiety around it.
0: And I would, so, I support too, getting out in nature as being one of the simplest tools. Even if it's you're living in a city, even if quote unquote nature isn't accessible to you. Um, Getting outside, getting in the sun, maybe if it's cold outdoors, like it is here in Wisconsin, you just sit by a sunny window and look outside, see what's going on. But there's so much when we get stuck in our heads, we get stuck in our small little kind of egotistical space. And I, and this happens to me too. Uh, it can really help to open my eyes and see what's happening in the world around me.
1: So, getting outside in nature—something that you know—I I was talking about movement, how that would help me. But there's also do not ever underestimate being still. We also chatted a couple of sessions, of, um, episodes ago about how, during the last several months, with the transition from Oregon to North Carolina, that I've been still, that I haven't been making any big changes. I haven't been creating anything. I've just kind of been going through the motions, being conscious of that I'm not making any decisions. I'm kind of in the still space and still doesn't always mean meditation. It just means I'm I'm, I'm, observing. It's I'm pretty powerful. I'm observing, I'm not moving at this time. So I, I don't think you should underestimate that, but I do think body movement is also a very important spiritual practice, whether that's walking, running, hiking, a lot, dancing. People really get connected to spirit through dance. Big thing with the Native Americans. I have my shaman drum, I drum. I um, drumming
0: is so powerful. Yeah, it
1: it is. I was just going to say music. Music
0: is such a divine connection, finding music that really um, connects to spirit. And for me, sometimes that's uplifting, you know, music. And then sometimes it's sad, dark
1: kind of um, sultry music. And so listening to rain, you know, if you don't have it put on a, watch YouTube. I have YouTube on my TV, all these smart TVs. And I have um like like right now there's a cabin on a lake and it's raining and there's a fire crackling and that's my um that's my background noise all day, right? And it's got a beautiful visual a cats on there. Those are kind of things Wait, that there's cats fun. on the lake in the cabin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds wonderful. It is. You gotta, you gotta check it out sometime. I'll do it for all the different seasons, but these are things that they feel good, right? And I would say that's another thing about spirituality If spirituality, if your spirituality is causing you angst and guilt and shame and anger and hate towards yourself or anybody else, I would strongly encourage you to find another spiritual outlet. I support that. So it's really,
0: it's kind of vibing your way through spirituality. So if it doesn't feel good, it might not be a good fit for you. And I, I really believe in that law of attraction. It's like leaning in towards something that offers a little relief or or as far as feelings go, right. Something that feels softer Mm and more supportive. And that to me, I would say I've used my intuition, um, Mm -hmm to guide me through
1: spirituality.
0: Yeah. yeah, this whole, um, this whole journey of what, what do I believe? And the interesting thing, Teresa, is my beliefs evolve. So what I believe two years ago might not be the same as what I believe today. And that's so different than going to some sort of institution that has fixed beliefs, mine evolve and grow. And I'm, I'm, Always okay with saying, you know what? I used to believe that. And now I'm not sure anymore. Or now I believe something different.
1: Or and, and I believe, I believe that, that and, mm-hmm. which is a big one for me. You know, I also got certified in yoga a few years ago. I love the stretching. I love the benefits of stretching. But the rest of it, except for my uh, one of the mottos that I've I've I came away with was do no harm. So that's my intent. I mean, I, Absolutely. You know, I, I catch and release spiders in my house. I do no harm whenever possible. Um, but the rest of it does not fit with me. It just.
0: Which is well, so awesome because 99.9% of my yoga is like, oh, that's my jam. But I also believe other things too. It's not as if, right. oh, I believe everything you know that I learn in yoga or from the yogic texts and that's it. It's like, I believe in that and. I think yes. Jesus was a cool dude. You know, it's not like one or the other. It's like my, I, I, and I get so much joy out of it because it feels fun and playful for me to explore with such open-mindedness of like, mm-hmm. what do I, so I love Jesus and I love, and I believe in reincarnation, you know, it's like, uh, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't have to be one or the
1: other. The reincarnation I get hung up on, but Hey, that's another show. Another day. I will tell <laughs> you. sure. No, that's a totally, but it's funny. I
0: remember having a, a, being at the dinner table with my husband and son and my son was probably four and I was talking about reincarnation and, and we made a plan. We're going to meet up in the next life as dolphins together.
1: And that's a good plan. <laughs> well, I hope you know we're near a tuna boat.
0: <laughs> hey, if I am, it's all good. We'll just, I'll catch you on the next go around, right? It's all oh, good. That's, that's part really- of really the- Really
1: of, it is.
0: And I kind of joke of like, you know what? I might not get this accomplished in my life of what I want, but it's all good. Cause I'll just see on the flip side, dude. Right. And and for me, that feels right. And true.
1: I love it. I love it. It's the interesting thing is when I was uh, birthing Austin, my youngest son through that horrific uh, near death experience I specifically remember having a dream where I was in a hot and in a ship, like, like in 17th century. Yeah. And it was a big storm and I was meeting my death in that. And and it always felt very other life to me. And I never went anywhere with it. Never um, thought any more about it, but it's always sat with me, but it's something that the reincarnation I'm not I haven't done a lot of looking into it, but I don't rule it out either. And I love that. I love that. You hold were, space for both, space
0: and for me, for the curiosity—be like, oh, let's dig deeper. Like that is so valid. Your your memory or your experience of being on this ship, you know, um, like I would say that's valid, and, and that could be a glimpse of you know past life or future, whatever you know, past future. I kind of believe in the, the multiverse, so I, I won't get too much into it, but.
1: There's so oh, quantum much. quantum physics. That's yes. Another, and
0: there's so much sense. in our consciousness. I will say I, I have a couple ties, you know, I have a couple uh, intuition or intuitive vibes on past life. And I, and I kind of joke with my husband. I'm like, I know I was a drunk Irishman who was not a drunk Irishman in their past <laughs> life or who was not a drunk in their past life. Let's look at alcohol as a tool um, or as just a, a coping tool to get through all the traumas that that can happen as human. And so we've, I believe I've been drunk in many past lives and who hasn't really, but I also think maybe I was a a part of prohibition too. I can kind of vibe of somebody who really felt strongly anti-alcohol, but I could die. Oh my God. (laughs) Rules, rules,
1: rules, rules, rules. rules. I'm not sure how long we've been recording. And I was looking around to see and we lost like track of time. part of our conversation. So <laughs> listener, we are like I said, we're using a different platform today and we don't have a timer where we normally have a timer. So if this is going long, I apologize.
0: It's all good. let's we'll wrap things up. We'll wrap things up. Um, but Teresa, let's let's just offer the listener three kind of take-home or like what can people do at home to softly explore this spirituality in their own element, in their own space.
1: Okay, I'm going to just share three of the most important components for me for spirituality. And I'm going to start with one that we haven't discussed yet today. And that's curiosity and wonder. One thing that stood out to me in the Bible, and it's brought and it's come to me over the last 10 years is having childlike wonder and Being curious about things that you don't know about and not just ruling them out because they're forbidden or they don't fit within your um, doctrine of of what you're supposed to do, your shoulds. Um, I think that if something is calling to you, as long as it's not feeling dark and it doesn't feel angry and hateful, then you should definitely explore it and so I love that childlike wonder incense and crystals if you like pretty rocks I mean don't rule them out just because you associate them with witchcraft which has a really bad rap um so have childlike wonder be still don't feel like you have to especially if you're in a place of of um angst it's best to be still and just observe instead of making any hasty decisions or feel like you have to do something right now. Um, so be still have childlike wonder and move your body. Just move your body. Oh, and then one last thing, one last thing I promise this is it is to be anchored in love. Always, always be anchored in love and always be attracted to love. Don't if something is bringing you anger and hate and discomfort, then unplug from it. It's not good for you. It's, it's the wrong path. That would be my spiritual uh, tips. What about you?
0: Nothing. I mean, I just want to, I support all of those because what I, what I love about them is they're simple, but powerful. And I tend to come back to, We don't need to make things complicated. We don't need to, uh, you know, attend a 21 week course. I mean, we can, if we want to, but like, I just always support the simple as most profound and powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You you should feel good from it and not good, like happy, good, but just at peace and comforted and, Cool.
0: And and just sending all of that good vibes, that positivity, that love, that wonder, um, the simplicity. We're, we're sending all of that to our listeners too. Yeah. Like that's something that we can all access on our own. Um, you don't have to be uh, taught how to do it. If if you need instruction, fine, that's an okay tool. But these are simple things to access at home.
1: So in closing. We are not experts, we are just two women having uniquely different experiences on different paths but coming together in the hope to serve you. Please find us on our social media platforms and ask us anything and we will discuss it. I'm an open book, I know Melissa's an open book and we will do everything in our power to make your journey less of a struggle and less suffering. Yay. We love you all. Hope you all have a wonderful day. See you next time. Bye.